Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast. Today we're discussing Chuba Hubbard's confidence, Edmonton's new logo, and Chuba Hubbard's performance at Oklahoma State's Pro Day. But first, Rod Peterson reported that CFL leaders are discussing lowering the ratio from seven starters to three while removing five Canadian roster spots from each team. Do you think this could happen? And if so, Justin, what does this mean for the CFL? It's highly possible, Hodge, and it's not the first time we've heard this discussed. To my recollection, we had a story on this back in March of 2019 during collective bargaining agreement negotiations that stated this league and the PA were in favor of reducing the number of national starters from seven to five. And Hodge, I had even heard it that time that there were people on the league office side with the initials R and A that <laughs> wanted to wipe it out all together. Now, that was rumor and speculation, which is why it wasn't reported as fact. But as you mentioned off the top, it was clear that when these discussions got started with the XFL, there was going to be a major discussion around the ratio because in America, and we know this from the U.S. expansion years, you've obviously done some great research and pieces on this already. But during those years, the American teams were not allowed to have that because of their labor laws. So it was all American rosters. You didn't have to have a Canadian employed on your team. So I think overall what it means for the league is yet to be determined based on what actually happens with the XFL. But to me, it at least shows that a couple of years ago, they are already talking about it. And the fact that those numbers have decreased even more makes me think that some type of change is going to happen. And our, our listeners are the hardcore CFL fans. We know that. But just a quick refresher, the national or Canadian ratio is the rule that stipulates that CFL teams need to have a minimum of 21 Canadian or national players on their active roster for each game. And I'll, I'll hear detractors of the ratio sometimes say things like, well, I don't care who's Canadian. I just want to see the best players play. And to me, the ratio is the only way that we can really force CFL teams to develop Canadian talent. Because if you look at the list, I tweeted a, a preliminary list the other day. Davis Sanchez had some great comments on this as well. He himself played at Oregon, got drafted by the CFL, played for two seasons, and then the Chargers sign him, and he goes and he starts for the Chargers uh, in his first year out of the CFL. And if you want to look at guys like Andrew Harris, who played CJFL, or guys like Brad Sinopoli, Chris Van Zyl, both award-winning players who, who who played a different position in U sports, switched at the pro level, you know, these are the, the examples of players who, without the ratio and, and forcing teams to give them a chance to develop, they would never, ever have had CFL careers. And heck, some of these names, these are guys who are going to be in the Hall of Fame, right? These are Hall of Famers who whose careers would have never happened. Why? Well, there was a plug-and-play American. Oh, uh, there's a running back that just graduated from LSU. He wants to play in the CFL. I guess we don't need this 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 Canadian kid named Andrew Harris who didn't even go to college, right? And so that, to me, is why the ratio is so important. There's there's always going to be an offensive lineman from Nebraska or 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 a quarterback, you know, from from the Big Sky Conference. There's always going to be that guy. We need 
to preserve our national identity. And yes, there are Canadians drafted every year who do nothing in the CFL. Guess what? They have that in common with every single drafted player in every single right professional league. There are NBA players who go first overall and do nothing. In fact, that's not only happened once, it's happened multiple times, even happened with a Canadian player once in the NBA, for goodness sakes. It happens in every league. I think that we have to preserve the ratio at all costs. That's just my opinion. Look at Hodge dropping NBA knowledge. Do you know the name of that player? Anthony Bennett. I agree with you on many of those points. And the one that you didn't bring up that I think is the key here is the money. Because we know, based on the current construction of the CFL, if you're top Canadian, you get paid substantially more in most cases than an American counterpart at your position. The interesting part of this is actually right now, the two highest paid non-quarterbacks in the league, Hodge, and you know this, Kwaku Boateng, a Canadian defensive end, and Willie Jefferson, an American defensive end. There is, I don't think anyone in the league that would tell you that Boateng is better or has the potential of Willie Jefferson, but Boateng is exactly one of the examples that you talked about. He was supposed to be a high round draft pick, slid to the fifth round, but because of the investment and development time and obviously his quick assimilation to the pro game has become a star. So now he's on par with Willie Jefferson from a pay structure standpoint. There are a lot of people in the league and obviously some American players that don't feel like that is quite Fair. I can understand where they're coming from, and I do think the one issue in the league, and I'm curious your take on this, is that offensive linemen, Canadian offensive linemen in particular, are paid you know, a big percentage of the cap. And we all know, except for maybe you and J.C. Abbott, that the average CFL fan out there aren't necessarily coming to the game to watch the offensive linemen play. So from what I've heard, there's an idea around lowering the ratio that they think might actually decrease the money that goes to those Canadians. But I think there's an argument the other way. If you lower it, those Canadians that are ratio-breaking talents, let's say right now, like a Cameron Judge, like a Chris Van Zyl, like an Andrew Harris, they might make even more money. Absolutely. That is that is exactly what will happen if you lower it. By, by the way, Americans make more money in the CFL than Canadians. And that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. That is a fact. And yeah, okay. There are probably some backup Canadians who get paid a little bit too much money. And yeah, there's probably a little too much money flowing to the Canadian offensive linemen. But to me, the best way to, and I've written on this for years, the best way to counteract that is something that the CFL's actually done in recent years, which is boost their minimum salary, right? It jumped by 20%. When they renegotiated the CBA in 2019, the actual cap barely went up, but the minimum salary went up by 20%. Guess who's taking the haircuts? The Canadian offensive linemen. The quarterbacks don't take the haircuts because you got nothing in the CFL without a quarterback. But I think there's way better ways to restructure that. You're absolutely right. If you're the Hamilton Tiger Cats, right, and you only have to start three Canadians, well, okay. We're going to axe, you know, our our starters, you know, uh, six and seven and uh, our top three starters. Okay, well, instead of paying Tunde Adelike 150, let's pay him 225. Well, instead of paying Brandon Revenberg a buck 80, let's pay him 300 because they're the best out there. 
And, uh, you know, we, we don't have to pay guy five, six, and seven. We only have to pay top three. It's just going to exacerbate the problem. Anyways, Dunkster, we got to take a break. Wait, 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 wait. Time goes so quick. Just hold on. I'm going to get this in because you mentioned it. We reported, and these figures come from 2018, that the average CFL player made around $84,000, excluding quarterbacks who are largely from the United States. I won't even get on that soapbox. Players from the U.S. earned approximately $93,000, and Canadians were $80,000. So overall, you're bang on in terms of the average salary. Facts. That's what we speak here on the Three Down Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Dunkster Randy Ambrosi told CFL.ca that The Rock's success is, quote, literally unparalleled, end quote. He spoke strongly of Johnson's passion for Canada, where his father was born, and said if they can harness this energy, then, quote, this is going to be a positive experience for us, end quote. What are your thoughts? All right, all right, all right, man. We need to let the people know what exactly is going on here, Hodge. And I'm not even talking about the quotes directly because for one, and it really has bugged me that ever since the day the league announced that talks were going on with the XFL, Ambrosi has said he can't remember how they started. We're talking (laughs) about the biggest potential merger in the history of the freaking CFL. And you can't remember who started talking to who? To me, that shows, and I hate to say this, but it's true in this instance, that you can't necessarily always trust what Ambrosi is saying. The other thing that needs to be known here, Hodge, is that we have asked for Ambrosi multiple times, right, leading up to the XFL announcement in the offseason, but you yourself have asked for Ambrosi since the XFL announcement happened. The fact that Ambrosi doesn't interview, we can't even call it that, because to me this is a PR-driven thing that they want to control the message and the questions. So he goes and does one with CFL.ca, and they put out exactly what they want. I'm sure he was probably reading from notes or maybe even reading from a script. People need to understand that, that they're trying to control the message here, and they do not want the pertinent questions to be asked. Again, Three Down Nation podcast, speaking the facts. I mean, here's the thing that's driving me nuts is they're talking about harnessing the positive energy and they're talking about all these exciting opportunities and Redbird Capital has all this money and The Rock has all this celebrity. And we know that MLSC is leading the way on this. Are we are we just going to forget and completely sidestep the fact that CFL owners have a tremendous, tremendous amount of money? Like MLSE is worth $5 billion. And I understand that doesn't mean they got a bank account somewhere with $5 billion in liquid assets. I get that. However, if you want to talk celebrity and if you want to talk capital and you want to talk opportunities, imagine what MLSE could do with the Toronto Argonauts in, in, a, in an area of 8 million people in the GTA, 8 million people, a market six times the population of the province of Saskatchewan. Just, just like, like it bothers me so much 
that they're disingenuous and, oh, this is a great opportunity. What a unique ability. No, this is not unique. How about you step up and you, you, you promote your own league and your own product that you already own? Is there some risk associated with that? Of course. But guess what? You can't make money in business unless you want to take on a little bit of risk. And you got to market your product and invest in your product and believe in your product, Hodge. And we know that at Three Down Nation, and we're on a very small scale, obviously, compared to what is potentially going on with the CFL and the XFL. But we believe it in ourselves, and we've put ourselves out there. The league needs to do that. The one takeaway that I will say that I think is absolutely legitimate is potentially the idea of getting the big American television networks interested. To me, that makes a lot of sense. Now, do you necessarily need Redbird Capital to get you there? Perhaps you do. Do you need The Rock for them to get interested? Maybe you do. You obviously need teams in those major cities like New York or Los Angeles. And if they're talking about playing when the NFL isn't playing and you had L.A. and Toronto playing against each other, That has some sex appeal, especially in the States. So from my standpoint, it makes sense. But I agree with you, Hodge. The CFL has not done nearly enough on the home front for years and years, and it's cost them. Chuba Hubbard views himself as one of the, if not the top running back in this year's NFL draft. Dunkster, you've been all over this. I got to know, do you agree with the Canadian Cowboy? Man, I do, and a lot of people are going to be taken aback by that. But let's say, Hodge, we're talking about Chuba Hubbard coming out in the 2020 NFL draft after that 2,000-yard season that he had where he was eighth in the Heisman voting. Now, not a lot of people want to talk about it. They might even laugh at the fact that Chuba Hubbard said that. But number one, I like it because it goes against the Canadian tradition of being polite. I don't think he's an arrogant guy, but you need to be confident when you go into the NFL. And I think Hubbard showed he has elite speed at the position. If he gets a seam, he can break away unlike few other, and dare I say, any other running backs that are available in the NFL draft. One of the guys that's being talked about at the high end is Travis Etienne from Clemson University. Obviously has had a lot of national spotlight on him, kind of similar to Hubbard, but Clemson's obviously been involved in the college football championship playoff every year because of Trevor Lawrence since he's been there. So I think that's why maybe Etienne gets hyped up more, but from my money, Hubbard could provide a lot of value because he doesn't have that wave of momentum behind him going into the draft. It seems like timing plays such a role in Hodge. We know this from the CFL draft and where players get picked. And the fact that Hubbard had a couple injuries, a couple surgeries actually going in to the 2020 season that nobody really talked about, then suffers a high ankle sprain. Their quarterback was hurt, Hodge. We watched all those games as well. To me, I think a team could get an absolute steal in Hubbard, and maybe it's beneficial for him if he goes in the later rounds where he gets picked up by a winning franchise and gets brought along in a proper way with weapons around him because I think he could be really dangerous in the NFL. I think you're bang on, and and one thing I'll say as well is you know, the NFL as a whole, yes, the running back position has become somewhat devalued, but in a way that, that almost works to certain players' advantages, like 
Chuba Hubbard, especially in the American game, is not going to be a bell cow in the NFL. He's not he's not got the size really to to take those 25, 30 carries a game like he did in college. He's just not. The NFL players are are they're they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. That might work to Chuba's advantage. If an NFL team can look at Chuba Hubbard and say, okay, he's not going to have 25 carries a game for us, but he can come in six, eight times, potentially hit a home run, and maybe we can make him a great receiver out of the backfield. I think using his skill set in a variety of different ways with the speed that he has, I think could make him a really dangerous weapon in the modern NFL. 30 years ago, maybe not, but in the modern NFL, I think it could be a very dangerous player. Home run hitter, man. Speaking of Canadian talents, defensive back Javon Holland had a successful pro pro day at the University of Oregon. Do you think he'll be the first Canadian selected in this year's draft? Because there's a couple guys in that mix. I think there is a good chance, and partly that is due to the way in which the NFL has really started to value Javon Holland's position. He's a hard-hitting safety. He's got really good ball skills, and he can play that slot corner spot that has become such a big deal in NFL-style defenses. Now, in Canada, we've called that spot either halfback or strong side linebacker. We've had it for 30 years. But in the NFL, it's a relatively new phenomenon. And those guys who, you know, like like the Tyran Matthews, who are, you know, not not huge and Holland's Holland's over six feet. He's not a little guy by any by any stretch. But if you're a guy who can fit that, you know, hybrid linebacker DB role, you can be physical, you can you can cover in man, you can cover in zone, you can move in space, even rush the passer a little bit. I think it's all there. And he ran the 40 time he needed to. Four four six is excellent. He measured in at over six feet and over two hundred pounds. I think that Holland, you know, it could we'll see. It could be Alaric Jackson. I think Benjamin St. Just is gonna be rocketing up some boards uh ever since uh at six foot three he ran a four five one out of the University of Minnesota. But I think Javon Holland could be the first Canadian taken in Let's be honest, what could be the best Canadian class ever in the history of the NFL draft? Dude, it really could. And for those draft nerds out there, we literally have the only list available of nearly every Canadian ever picked in the NFL. And I say nearly because you start going back in history and I've gotten some notes over the years and we've had some great help from the one and only Dwayne Ford to put that list together. But you said it bang on, Hodge, that this year could set a record for the most Canadians picked in one NFL draft. I will say that I think Josh Palmer could challenge Javon Holland Ah, for being the top pick as a Canadian. But, I mean, as you said, with Holland, there are teams out there that view him as a potential first-round pick. And there were a couple general managers, Brian Gutekust, I believe is how you say his name, the Packers general manager, was at his pro day. And there was a lot of speculation that the Packers need help on the back end. They could take Holland because of his ability to play all over in the secondary. So when you're talking about a guy going that high, he's probably the odds-on favorite. We need Bodog Canada to get a prop up. We'll have to ask him. Yeah, that'll be a great prop. We'll, We'll be all over that as the NFL draft approaches. Dunkster, we gotta take a break. When we come back, it'll be time for Hodge's Heritage Moment. All 
On this day in 2006, the CFL's board of directors voted not to bankroll the Ottawa Renegades after owner Bernie Gleiberman had stopped funding the team two weeks prior. This meant the team would be forced to suspend operations after just four seasons in the league. The Renegades went 23-49 and and made zero playoff appearances. The players such as Kerry Joseph, Obi Khan, Corey Banks, and Josh Ronick became household names. Ottawa would have to wait eight years for football to return to our nation's capital with Henry Burris and the Red Blacks hitting the field in 2014. Dunkster, what's your favorite Renegades memory? Dude, it's Kerry Joseph running all over and making plays on a team that was not very good, man. They were still fun to watch, even though their record was awful. <laughs> that is true. And hey, if it wasn't for the Renegades, we never would have had a rash today. On to the three-minute drill. <laughs> the Edmonton football team quietly tweaked their logo in 2020 after discontinuing their name. Your thoughts? Nah, not a big deal. Just tell us what the freaking new name is already. <laughs> The Bombers released Travis Rudolph following a murder charge, an attempted murder charge as well. Is that a big deal? I mean, it is. Now, Rudolph never actually played for the team. He signed with them after the Great Cup in 2019, but obviously still big legal problems. Former Blue Bomber Ken Brell Tompkins was arrested for identity theft and fraud this past week. What a banner week for Winnipeg receivers, Dunster. Yikes, man. Honestly, it just shows you, and you mentioned Madani before, he never refers to athletes as being good people because we're not with them 24-7. We don't know what they're doing, and I think these are two exact examples of why he never says that. Aaron Rodgers prepped for his Jeopardy hosting stint while on vacation with his girl, Shailene Woodley, in Quebec. Hodge, have you ever been to La Belle Province? I have, but I wasn't prepping for Jeopardy. I was just eating my own very substantial weight in smoked meat. <laughs> Former CFL head coach and GM Chris Jones is officially the new head coach at South Pittsburgh High School, his alma mater. Ever thought about coaching high school football? Man, yeah, my old high school, John Afros, shout out in Guelph. When Jeff Yonkis was there, the guy that I owe so much of my career to and my passion for football, he wanted me to come out and coach, but I didn't feel like I had the time to dedicate it, maybe in the future. The 2021 CFL draft is set for April 15th. Are you excited, though? Eh, globals aren't really my bag. I'm excited for the National, which is going down on May 4th. Brandon Banks is selling a non-fungible token. Dunkster, do you buy a lot of non-fungible tokens? Never bought an NFT, but it's new and hip with the kids. So smart that the Ticats are getting on this and Banks as well. He's going to auction it off to charity. Love that fact. Canadian tight end Anthony O'Claire signed with the Houston Texans. Could he make an impact there? Well, he was a bit lost in the shuffle in Tampa Bay with that loaded tight end room they have. I would love to see him get a bigger role in Houston, who, let's face it, need all the help they can get. Vernon Adams Jr. was flabbergasted that Scott Milanovic was paid $500,000 not to coach in 2020. By the way, Edmonton, I'm perfectly happy to not coach for you either for that money. You got my number. <laughs> Hook me up. Dunkster, you think that's fair for Adams to feel flabbergasted? For sure, man. And honestly, it might have been north of that number. The Edmonton football team finalized its coaching staff. Is that a good sign that a season could actually happen in 2021? 
I'll say this. I need football, specifically CFL football, in my life so badly. I would do just about anything to get football. I'll take this as a silver lining. Last one, Dunkster. George Reed told the Regina Leader Post that football is good for the whole country because it pulls us together. Do you agree? Preach George Reed. When the legend speaks, we all should just listen and heed his advice. I'll say, hell yes, I agree. George Reed is a living legend and there's no other way to describe it when he talks i could not agree more dunkster we all need to listen cfl needs to get back on the field in 2021 and preserve its long-term future with that said we thank you as always for listening to the three down nation podcast Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.